0: Now that we understand what salvation is, look at the next statement, service. Service has to deal with the flesh and the spirit. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, God did not save that old man of yours. See, when you were born into the world, that which is the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We all have a flesh birth. That's what I see in front of me. is your physical birth. When you're born into this world, you have an old sinful nature. You sin naturally. That's why you like to be in, uh, well... Rebellious because you want your own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. Do whatever we want to do. And God says, that's the flesh. These are not the children of God. See, all those that were under the law, those are not the children of God. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you became a child of God. Now you're born of the Spirit. So you have these two natures. I've been born twice. Once when I was born in the flesh, physical. And then when I trusted Christ as my Savior, spiritual birth and never mix the two. They're separate. See, a lot of people think God saved this old man, and so we send him to church, and if he don't live right, then you have every reason to question this man ain't saved. Well, because look what he does. Look how he lives. Well, that's the flesh birth. See, when you trusted Christ, God gave you a new birth. Didn't change this one, gave you a new one. This one is born of God, and if it's born of God, it doesn't have a sinful nature. Born of God. God doesn't have a sinful nature. If it has no sinful nature, it cannot sin. If it cannot sin, it cannot die. And if it cannot die, how long will you be a child of God? Forever. It's separated. And in the scriptures, you've got to separate this. And if you don't, you'll put it all together and think that God saved that old man. Well, if he got saved, then why is he still doing what he's doing? See, I have this old flesh. He's still sinful, still wicked. I can't trust him. But I also got a new birth. And so I can walk in the flesh... And live like a lost man. I can walk as a child of God. In the spirit. And that's the way it is. That's the truth of the scriptures. Look at the next statement. The results of this. The results. As a child of God. And I usually tell this to a person I've led to the Lord. Over there at the hospital with Betty. I had five or six that indicated they would trust Christ as their savior. And then I will always say this. Now look at here. Let me show you. When you're born into God's family, you're a child of God, and you have a choice. You can be an obedient child, disobedient child, but you're still God's child. Just like I've got children born into my family. Once they're born into my family, they'll always be my children. And so if they're obedient, they're mine. If they're disobedient, they belong to my wife. No, they're still mine. So i got a choice. I can either be an obedient child or disobedient child. It means I can walk in the spirit or I can walk in the flesh. If I walk in the Spirit, and if I decide I as a child of God, I'm going to serve the Lord, God will bless my life here, reward me when I get to heaven. If I'm disobedient here, then God's going to chasten His disobedient child. See how simple that is, clear that is. You have a child born into your family. Once they're your child, they're always your child. You can't unborn them. Try it. <laughs> no. They're always your child. And if they will obey you, you're happy. If they're not, you're not happy, and somebody's going to get a whooping. So you have a choice. If you obey your heavenly father, he's going to bless your life. And he's going to reward you when you get to heaven. See, going to heaven is already taken care of. That's because of what you believe. Now we're talking about what you do. If I do the right things, God will bless. And if I do the wrong things, God's going to chasten me and maybe take me home before my time. So that's an understanding of the chasing and reward. And you have to understand that in your mind or you'll be really confused in your Christian life. You're always saved by grace. Once you're saved, you're God's child. Then as a child of God, God wants you to serve him. And if you do, God will bless If you don't, God's going to maybe take you home before your time. Or he can chase you in a lot of ways. Now, look down at the bottom of the page. I wrote a few things down here as points of clarity for a reason. These are little statements that I have made over the years. And uh, so I thought I would just make a list of some of these things. And hopefully they'll make some sense to you. Because they help to clarify these things in your mind. The first thing, that you cannot know you're going to heaven until you know you cannot go to hell. You see, if there's always a question that in the future I could go to hell, then you can't say you know you're going to heaven. If there's a possibility of going to hell then you can't be sure you're gonna to go to heaven. I've had people say, yeah, I'm sure. I'm never gonna do anything. I'm always gonna do the right thing. I had made up my mind. I'm not gonna do that. I said, is it possible? It's possible, but I'm not going to. I said, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about if there's a possibility of you going to hell in the future. Why is there that possibility? Oh, I could do something that I'm not supposed to do. Some really bad sin. Well, wait a minute, when Christ died on the cross, he paid for all sins except the really bad sins. I mean, if they're really bad, he didn't pay for those. When he died on that cross 2,000 years ago, how many of your sins were in the future? All of them. Well, if I, 10 years from now, could really really bad? Well, isn't that still in the future? But Isn't that covered? I mean, I got an insurance policy here. Is it good? Jan, is it good or not? She works at insurance. Y'all to know insurance. It's covered. Now, look at the next statement. Salvation is not about building a relationship with God, but escaping the damnation of hell. Which one of these demands urgent attention? Which do you think would demand urgent attention? I want to have a relationship with God. So there's always this question about, what is a relationship with God? Now, we're going to skip over, because I'll come back to this in just a little bit. But I want you to see the one statement that I mentioned. Right in the middle of the page... I have the word relationship versus fellowship. You see that? Relationship versus fellowship. Fellowship is mentioned four times in three verses. Relationship is not mentioned one time in the entire Bible. Isn't that amazing? Almost all preachers today are talking about you having a relationship with God. Why don't I use that phrase? Because it's not in the Bible. Then I've got to try to explain what do you mean by relationship? If I was to say here's my daughter she walks in here and say what's your relationship to that lady well she's she's my daughter she was born in my family that's the relationship we have you could say I didn't mean that I mean what is your relationship how y'all getting along can he mean that too I can say what is your relationship to uh, Peter Amato well I sing in the choir and blah 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 and he does this and blah 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 and you're gonna wait a minute that's not salvation Salvation is not you having a relationship with God. A relationship can be a process in time. See, whenever you trusted Christ as your Savior, you became a child of God. Look at the statement I have wrote here. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, the word used in the Bible is fellowship, not relationship, because they're two different things, and one muddies the water. Because now you don't understand, what do you mean by you need to have a relationship with God? Because, see, you could have a relationship with a lot of people, but that's a process of how you're getting along, what you're doing. That's not salvation. Salvation is a moment in time has nothing to do with my life that I live or how I get along with God or how I get along with you or anybody else. Look at the next statement. These things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, fellowship, the Lord is walking in the light. It's walking with God. And that's why after you trusted Christ as your Savior, it's the will of God that all of his children walk with God. And you have fellowship, two fellows in a ship going in the same direction, because the boat can't go both directions at the same time. And how can two be agreed unless they walk together, unless they be in agreement? So it's you and agreeing with God, and you're walking with God. That's fellowship. Your relationship, you've got to explain that. And now always going to have... The same explanation. It's like today, people are using the word repentance. But nobody knows what it means. Some say it just means a change of mind. Others, it means turn from your sins. And it can be confusing. So, the Bible says, he that believeth. If you're an unbeliever and you believe, you've changed your mind. You repented. But to repent of your sins, that's confusion. Because now you're going to know, what sins? How many sins? For how long? Then you're all confused. That's not clear. The word of God is clear. It is not confusing. God is not the author of confusion. And anything that depends upon you, that's confusion. Depends on Christ, it's clear as a bell. I trust him, he saves me. Over. If I serve him, he'll bless me. If I don't, he'll chasten me. That's clear, that's cut. Don't muddy the waters. People do. Anyway, page two, eternal security is not a separate doctrine in salvation. it is salvation. Therefore it is the true and only proof of one's belief in the gospel. You say, well, I believe the gospel. Do you have eternal security? Well, I don't know. you don't believe the gospel. John 3:16, I want you to turn there because I want to bring out a few points in this verse, John chapter three and verse 16. You've heard the verse many times. You probably can quote it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever keeps the Ten Commandments goes to Calvary Community Church and pays 50%. Is that what your Bible says? Some of you don't even know because you ain't even looking. For God so loved the world. That's everybody. That He gave His only begotten Son. One. Everybody but one. One was given his only begotten son that whosoever open invitation to all whosoever does what? this has to deal with believing this is salvation believe it in him should not perish that means will not go to hell if you'll believe you will not go to hell and the last part of that verse and have everlasting life that means you will go to heaven when you die that's guarantees now, if you believe John 3.16, you have to believe I cannot go to hell and that I will go to heaven. If you don't believe that, you don't believe John 3.16. Can't you see that? He that believeth on me hath, present and hath right now, hath what? Everlasting life. If you believe it, you have everlasting life. If you don't believe it, you do not have everlasting life. Look at the next statement. Salvation is a decision to trust Christ. Salvation, being saved, from Christ, is the decision to trust Christ, because that's all you're deciding. There are no other decisions to make. This is the primary decision. Will you? Will you not trust Christ as your Savior? That's done in a moment of time. In other words, the moment you do that, that moment you're saved. It's not a process. It's not I've got to live like a Christian. I've got to go to church now and I've got to give money now. and I got No, you don't have to do anything. Eternal life is free. It is the gift. It's in a moment of time. One moment of time. When you believe it, you have it. He that believeth hath, present tense, hath everlasting life. Now look at the next statement. Salvation is a decision to trust, not a commitment to serve. Some people think it's a decision. I'm going to serve the Lord now. No, that's not salvation. That comes after you're saved. And that is in a process of time. I trusted Christ as my Savior in a moment of time, 1960, September the 17th. It was on a Friday night. It's never happened again. But my walk with God, my fellowship with God, my relationship with God has lasted for 57 years. See, that was a commitment that I made that I want to I wanna walk with my Heavenly Father. But they're two different things, and if you get them mixed up, you're going to be filled with confusion. Look at the next statement. If perfection is required for heaven, then the gospel we preach must make a man totally and irrevocably perfect at the very moment he believes. If 57 years ago, in that little old living room, I trusted Christ as my Savior, then I'm saved. And if I'm saved, whatever is required to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect to go to heaven because heaven's a perfect place. I'm good to go. So the gospel that I preach must make a man perfect that very moment that he trusts Christ as Savior. That's the new birth. This is the one that was born of God, has no sinful nature. So the moment you trusted Christ as Savior, you were made perfect in Christ. He gave you his righteousness. See, this coat I got on up here, see, if I didn't have a coat... And I needed a cloak of righteousness to go to heaven. Christ comes along and when I believe on him, he gives me his cloak of righteousness and I go to heaven on what he gave me, his righteousness. And I go to heaven on what he did for me. I hope that's clear and simple for you. Look at the next statement. The Lord Jesus Christ loved you so much he would rather die than live without you. Now get this next statement. His death for your sins was to give you a choice. It didn't save you, but he gave you a choice. You see, before Christ died, there was no choice. There was no options. There was no way. There was no hope. We were all without God in this world. And Christ going to the cross and dying for the sins of the whole world is the only thing that gave us a choice. God did not just automatically Choose you to be saved and others not to be saved. He made a payment for the sins of the whole world so that everybody, you got a choice. You can choose now to be born into God's family. You didn't get that choice the first time. You didn't get to choose your family. You didn't get to choose whether you're male or female. You didn't get to choose anything. You didn't make a choice. Now God gives you a choice. And you can choose to accept Christ or reject him. You can go to heaven and you can go to hell. And nobody else can do this for you. Not another person alive in this world can make that decision for you. It's not because, well, my parents are Christians, so I'm good to go. No, if your parents were Christians, they'd go, you don't. And it doesn't matter how good Aunt Susie was, and she'll give you the shirt off her back. If she doesn't trust Christ as Savior, she doesn't go to heaven. Only those who believe that He did it for them. See, that's clear, that's simple, clear cut. There's not a lot of wishy-washy stuff in the Bible. That's because people cannot take God at His Word, and they add to it. No, leave it alone. God knew what He was saying. Look at the next statement. Without Christ, there is no choice. It's either heaven or it's hell. And the only way you can go to heaven is through Christ. The next statement, free will of man versus the sovereignty of God. God in His sovereignty means God can do whatever God wants to do chose to give man a free will. Free will must include choice. No choice, no free will. And so I believe that God has given every man the right to choose. Free choice. Nobody can make you trust Christ as your Savior. And nobody can make you serve God. You can live like the devil if you want to, and most people do. And you know it. You can go out of here and commit any sin you want to commit And nobody probably will stop you until after you've committed it. Then they might put you in jail or blow your brains out. You can go commit adultery. You can become a homosexual. You can do anything that you want to do. But it's still wrong. Still wrong. Still sin. And God will judge his children. You cannot, as a child of God, live as you please and get away with it. You can live as you please, but you can't get away with it. Your heavenly father knows his children. Look at the next statement. Only a saved man can commit, surrender, or promise to serve Christ. See, only after that woman has been delivered from the condemnation of Mr. Law, and she dies, and he has no hold upon her, now she is free to marry another. And we're the bride. And the day is coming when we're going to be married at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, as a child of God, I can commit my life to Him. I can promise to love Him and serve Him and do everything that God wants me to do. But I don't do it to go to heaven. I don't go to church so I can go to heaven. I don't give money so I can go to heaven. I don't support missions so I can go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what He did for me, not what I do for Him. Now that I am a child of God, i got a choice. I can choose to serve God with all my heart, and you can't stop me, and I can't stop you. I can't make you serve God, and you can't make me serve God. I serve the Lord because of what he has done for me, not what he's going to do. I serve him because of what he's done. He set me free from the condemnations of the law. I have eternal life, and I'm going to heaven when I die. And I ought to be so thankful. I've got all the reasons in the world to serve the Lord with all my heart. Look at the next statement. Neither Arminianism means that's people who believe you can lose your salvation. Or Calvinism, you must persevere to prove that you have salvation, can produce security of salvation. Neither one. Arminianism, people who say, yeah, you're saved by grace, but you can lose it. And then there's other, well, if you really have it, you're going to serve Him. No, no. I'm a child of God now. I have a choice. If I don't serve God, I may choose to walk in the flesh and live like an old sinner. Commit every sin in a book. They say, well, you lost your salvation. Oh, no, I didn't. I have two births. This one doesn't sin. My old one does. So I haven't lost my salvation. I can't lose my salvation. When you understand it's clear in your mind. If you swelter over this because you don't get it, You're going to have a confused life. You're not going to know for sure, are you saved or are you not saved? And that last little statement talks about only believing in Christ can you have security. But if you have security at all, it's got to be eternal security. If it's not eternal, secure, then you have no security. See, when I became a child of God, I'm now a child of God for how long? Forever. It can never change. God will never cast me out and never lose me. Never lose me. He's the Savior, not me. So people who teach you can lose your salvation means you've got to commit a sin Christ never paid for. But how many of my sins did Christ pay for? Well, lo and behold. That's why you can't know you're going to heaven until you know you can't go to hell. And the reason I can't go to hell, I don't have any sins to pay for. Christ died for my sins. How many? All of them. If I got a payment for all of my sin, there's no sin to send me to hell. That was the best news I ever heard in my life. Now, the last little thing I have down here says the seven contents of the gospel message is for clarity. This is why we make the gospel clear and simple by using this wall of illustration. Look up here. Don't go to sleep now. It's time to wake up. This hand represents you and me. This wall represents sin. We are all sinners. That's the truth. That's a fact right out of the Bible. We have all sinned. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. So we're all condemned. We're all in the same boat. But God says to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. So we can't get to heaven because we're not perfect. But God loves us. But there's no way for us to keep the law to go to heaven because he says... Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. So there's no good works that we can do to save ourselves. Now, if there was a bad heaven, I qualify. I get to go there. Now, if there's a good heaven, eh, that's questionable. If there's a perfect heaven, definitely no. So you have to be perfect to go to a perfect heaven. And none of us qualify. No one's ever lived good enough to go to heaven. Now, this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into this world because he had no sin. He didn't have to die. So we're over here under the law, condemned, can't save ourselves, no hope. He hates our sin because it separates us. So what Christ did is he took all of our debt, all of our sins, he paid for them on the cross and came back from the dead. And God says if we would believe he did it for us. So all that God wanted you to do when he came back from the dead is, will you believe he did that for you? So when you believe he did it for you, he puts this payment to your account and you have eternal life. And number seven is you can know that you're going to heaven. This is the only way you can know it. There is no other way of knowing you're going to heaven. Is it has to be free. And it has to last forever. I have eternal life and I'm going to heaven when I die. So whenever I die and if they have somebody come up here and do my funeral and they're not clear on the gospel, protest. You tell whoever's up here and they're saying the wrong thing, you get out of there. That's not what that man believed. I've had a lot of people, they'll pass away and then they'll have some, some sinful, wicked preacher that doesn't know the gospel do their funeral. Don't you ever let somebody that don't know the gospel do your funeral. He's getting that last chance, that last word to talk to those people and that may be the only time they'll ever hear the gospel and then they get up there and blubber about nothing. Oh, he was this wonderful, sweet guy, and we know we all have to be good to go to heaven. That's when you pull out your gun. <laughs> Don't do it. I, uh, I better stop with that. Let's pray, shall we? I think y'all need prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, when do you think would be the best time to do that? Tomorrow, next year? Isn't it an urgent situation right now to trust Christ as your only hope of going to heaven? There is no plan B. It's either Christ or not at all. You cannot earn it. It's free. Will you believe that when Christ died, he died for you? Will you believe that? If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, and you'll do it today, if you'll do it right now, I'd like to know it, and I'd like to have prayer for you. I'm not going to have you stand up and come forward. I wouldn't embarrass you for anything in the world, but right where you're sitting, If what I said made sense, you say, Preacher, that made sense to me. And I want to know that I'm going to heaven. So today, I will accept Jesus Christ right now as my Savior. And friend, if you're making that decision, would you just let me know by slipping your hand up real quick, put it right back down. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. Anyone else? just slip it up real quick, put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come forward. It's over and done with when you make that decision. If you trust Christ right now, he saves you right now, gives you eternal life right now. And they'll never cast you out. When you get up to leave, you can say, I know I'm going to heaven. Why? Christ died for all my sins. And I believe he did it for me. Anyone else before we close? No one else. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen, it will say, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you will. Father, once again, we thank you for loving us, watching over us, for blessing us. And we thank you, Lord, especially for these that indicated by an uplifted hand that they will trust Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for them. By doing so, they become your child, your child forever. That you'll never cast them out and never lose them. But we pray, Lord, that because they are, you now your children, they'd get a Bible and read and study it so that you can talk to them through it. That they would talk to you through prayer, not some stilted, made-up speech, but on a father-and-son relationship. And that, Father, they would get into a good Bible-believing and teaching church so they can listen and learn and grow. Thank you for all you do for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.